You're listening to a Westpac Wire podcast. Westpacwire.com.au. Hi all, Emma Foster here from The Wire team. Big news today, Afterpay has switched on its new money app in a move made possible by Westpac's banking as a service model. It's quite a milestone for both organisations. So to give us a bit of background on the news, I'm here with Jason Yetton, Chief Executive of Westpac's Specialist Businesses. Hey Jason, thanks for making the time today. Hi Emma, yeah, no problem. So Jason, Afterpay is the first partner to bring a product to market using Westpac's banking as a service model. It's quite unique. So can you help us uh, to understand a little bit about how this works? First of all, tell us a bit about what's being launched and explain the role of Westpac. Yeah, sure, Emma. Well, first of all, we're incredibly proud to bring this banking partnership with Afterpay to life. Uh, Westpac Banking as a Service will provide money by Afterpay customers, a really innovative way to digitally bank within their ecosystem and their customer experience, but all backed up by our banking capability, particularly our strength, our trust, our security and our safety. Uh, it's uh, the first partner to launch with banking as a service and money by Afterpay will be offered to Afterpay customers as a separate app uh, a number of new features as part of that experience that's offered by Afterpay. But from our perspective, we've built a, a purpose-built banking app. It's on the most modern banking architecture in Australia, and we've delivered that to market in less than 18 months. And we've done that with a series of partners. There's over 30 technology service providers, external and internal to the group, that are part of that experience, but it's all seamless, it's all real time, and it allows customers to open a transaction, do savings, do payments, all real time, uh, make it seamless within the overall Afterpay experience. Right, okay, so essentially, Afterpay can offer their customers banking services, a transaction account, in essence, which are then handled by Westpac in the background, who has the banking license. So, Jace, I think some people may be wondering about the logic of Westpac helping its competitors in this way. Can you explain what's in it for Westpac? Yeah, sure. I mean, banking as a service is a phenomenon that's well entrenched in overseas markets in the US and in Europe. What we're seeing, Emma, is that banking is increasingly becoming embedded in platforms and apps. And that's particularly the case with younger customers. I'm talking about millennials, uh, Gen Z, they're migrating to new digital brands uh, that are kind of offering a different proposition, but are always fast, innovative and cost-effective. And there's perhaps no better example of that in the Australian market than Afterpay and its 3.6 million customers. Um, but that said, uh, those partners recognise that there's a huge cost, uh, complexity and effort to set up uh, banking services. Indeed, we've seen the failure of some so-called neobanks because it's a big technology investment and you need the strength of a balance sheet, capital and importantly, a lot of banking expertise to be able to do it. So in our case, what's, what's in it for us uh, partnerships like these allow us to acquire new customers in different demographics, where generally the Westpac group is underweight. It allows us to 
potentially acquire customers very quickly and efficiently because these partners already have large established customer bases that they can tap into. And I think longer term, it's a really exciting opportunity because it provides a path for the group to reduce technology costs. Uh, this is on a, a cloud-based system, an API-based solution using microservices. So it allows us to do it low cost, but also be flexible, adaptable, and bring best of breed solutions to uh, our partners and potentially the, the group in time. I think this is exciting because a more competitive digital bank might have broader applications uh, as the group continues on its digital first strategy. But on the other side, it does uh, confront a potential competitive threat. If we weren't doing it, then someone else will. And we think we're best placed to take advantage of this. Okay. And you did just mention the technology that sits underneath that. Westpac's banking as a service offering sits on a new digital platform that's been pretty much built from the ground up using cloud native technology. So can we just understand why did that make a difference to the bank's ability to offer banking as a service rather than say using the existing core banking platforms? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what it is and how that makes us more flexible, Emma. I mean, we've built this with 10X as the underlying core banking technology. Um, and 10X is a, a, a company that, that uh, provides these solutions to other banks around the, the world. Um, but it's not just 10X, we've brought together more than 30 different technology services and we've integrated more than 20 downstream systems where you think about a general ledger, data platform, treasury, finance, uh, financial crime, all those things. But the thing that's different about it being cloud-based is that we've got a plug and play model. What I mean by that is we've got APIs that are powering the ecosystem and we've got cloud-based microservices underneath it. And that allows us to be both uh, future ready but also be able to benefit from the constant innovation that either our partners in technology or ourselves will, will bring to market in the future. I'll give you two examples of that just to bring it to life. We've partnered with Frankie One, uh, a company that uh, assists us with know your customer requirements, very important for identification of customers. And that allows all customers of Afterpay or other partners to be digitally identified using their driver's license or their Medicare card and to do that in very quick real time. Another good example would be Feedsign, which we use for real-time fraud management. And so what that means is that uh, banking as a service and our partners like Afterpay can embed their banking into their own branded experience, but they can also take advantage of any future services we offer and any future upgrades from our technology partners. I think a second key element to note is that banking as a service is open banking compliant. And we achieved that feat with 10X in just seven months. And this is really important because in time, it's gonna put the power of customer data back into their, the customer's hands. A um, Couple of elements that you'll see with Afterpay in that regards. Uh, our native transaction categorization capabilities means that transactions are actually described and categorized in really simple, easy to understand uh, descriptors. And that's particularly important for Afterpay because they'll be joining the system 
of its merchant data with the consumer data that they have through the buy now pay later scheme. Um, but what it will do in time is it's going to facilitate the easier switching of accounts. And in the, in the future, it's the underlying data that we often use in our credit decisioning and we'll bring uh, lending products to bear for Afterpay and partners in the future. So that's the really exciting element. It's very flexible. A partner can choose what services they would like to offer and they'll uh, more than likely choose different services, but it's a plug and play model. And it means that they can choose to select it when they want and how they want in the future. Okay, and you just mentioned there, Jason, uh, that the partners will choose the ways that they would like to use a banking as a service model. How's Westpac thinking about the products that its partners offer? In other words, do you have a say in what they can and can't offer? Um, and then in terms of the additional features like roundups and, and insights, uh, are they becoming more important to banking customers? Yeah, I think on, on both fronts, that's the case, Emma. Um, if I think about money by afterpay, they've really tried to reimagine money and also reimagine what's called a personal financial management tool. So they're offering a number of superpowers, as they would call it to their customers. Uh, you mentioned roundups, the ability to round up the spend and put it into a savings account when you buy a cup of coffee, you buy your lunch, round up the amount and put it into a savings account at a more attractive rate to meet a goal. They are offering retro as a, a facility, which is looking at the transactions that a customer might have made in the last 72 hours and offering the ability to turn that into a buy now, pay later arrangement where they move the payment over, over a period of time. And they've also got a number of features like Pulse, which is their loyalty program, uh, joining the dots on where you spend money and getting points that recognise that loyalty and money diaries that are really trying to um, provide insight about how people spend and save money uh, to help them reach their goals. So they're things that are brought by Afterpay. Um, Afterpay obviously has its buy now, pay later functionality and this offers a debit card linked to Afterpay that's very exciting because it means that you can use Afterpay as a customer in a merchant where there isn't an Afterpay relationship. You can do it with your debit card. So some will be from the partner uh, expanding their own ecosystem. But a lot of it, when it comes back to the banking side, you need a, 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 a banking license to offer that. You need the balance sheet strength, and that's where we'll provide more services. We started with transaction and savings accounts, but the next cap off the rank would be to digitally reimagine a home buying journey and make that really easy, digital, fast, simple, and competitive and we want to do that in 2022. So looking to the future a bit more, so besides Afterpay, peer-to-peer -peer lender Society One, which you know quite intimately, has also signed on as a banking as a service partner with Westpac. Is Society One close to launching transaction accounts uh, and how are you going with signing on other partnerships? Yes, Society One was our second partner and they're in pilot Emma as we speak and we'll be expanding that pilot with Society One. The pilot allows us as it did with Afterpay for staff of Society One and staff in banking as a service to kind of test their app and their experience. Uh, so we're currently underway with that we'll broaden it. I think they're looking at launching 
know, early in 2022. So they're the, the start, but really the thinking about this is this could expand to any partner that sees banking as being embedded in their customer experience. And I think uh, we've been approached by a hell of a lot in the last 18 months. I can only imagine that will accelerate because now people can see it brought to life with Afterpay and seeing is often believing and, and stimulates different thoughts. So there's three that we've done and they're, they're in various stages of development, but Society One would be the next cap off the rank. Okay, and Afterpay has a global footprint. Do you have plans for Westpac's service to be offered globally or is it only going to be available to the customers of partners in Australia? It's important to note that banking as a service is about banking as well as the technology service and it relies on the Westpac ADI licence itself. So from our perspective, this model is for Australia and, as, and companies that are looking to penetrate further in the Australian marketplace. But more broadly, we've got companies like Afterpay and others that are doing the same thing with 10X globally. And there might be an opportunity for us to look at that. But uh, in the near future, I've learned that you have to focus on excellence, doing things really well and looking after your partners and their customers. And that will be our focus to do that in Australia. Okay, and just a question on the structure. So the team running Westpac's Bank as a Service does sit separately from, say, the core banking teams. Is the plan to keep it that way? What we've done, Emma, is set it up as a line of business, very consistent with other lines of businesses for the group. And that's because we want to make sure there's clear um, ownership and accountability for the business through the value chain and that we deliver for partners. I mean, naturally we do share uh, learnings around technology, but in a customer sense, these are customers of Afterpay and they're customers of Westpac Bank as a service. Uh, and it's important that we treat that confidentiality and the consents and other things that customers have provided us uh, respectfully. Um, it does sit on the, any lending or deposits will sit on the Westpac Group balance sheet naturally but we do have to keep it separate. And that's why it's a separate team that we've established. Uh, it's got a good leadership team that reports into me and that's why it will be separate going forward. But naturally we do leverage some Westpac services and it's important to call that out because we have great capability that we rely on for fraud operations uh, as one example of many. Uh, credit card services is another. Uh, so there are some integration points that are sensible from the bank's perspective, but it's important we treat respectfully the business of our partners and their customer groups in that and acknowledge that they'll do things that are a bit different in their product offerings as to what the Westpac group might do with its extensive range of customer offerings. And finally, Jason, so Westpac's bank as a service model is still fairly unique in the Australian market, at least, uh, and still in its infancy. But you did mention that it is growing as a trend internationally. Can you see the model being taken up more broadly, uh, both by businesses, say, looking to integrate banking into their customer offerings, as well as by other traditional banks looking to expand their customer bases? I think it's a trend that uh, is particularly relevant, Emma, to uh, partners that want to embed banking into their offering, but don't see their role fundamentally as being a bank. 
Um, so it's important to distinguish between the two. Uh, Afterpay, Society One do operate in financial services, but they have no intent of being a bank. And they're the kind of partners that we would look for. Um, on the opportunity for banks, I think it's about the Westpac group looking and learning and leveraging potentially new technology in the future. It's a place where we can try new technology, uh, but try and see if it scales appropriately to be relevant to the Westpac group. Uh, probably the best example of that would be the 10X platform itself. Uh, we're one of uh, only a few using this now as a global transactional banking solution. So there are other international banks using 10X. But if this works, it might be an option for us to consider for transactional banking across the group in years to come. Great. Well, that's an exciting place to watch. Jason Yetton, congratulations on the milestone today and thanks for taking the time for the chat. Thanks, Emma. Thanks for everyone involved. It's been a huge one-team effort. Well done.